0: Show number 17 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Track.
1: Welcome to show 17. 17.
0: And we have nothing clever to say about it. We have no
1: song, unless we want to say 1701.
0: No, I can't think of a single clever thing to say about seventeen.
1: Do you know that like some combination of Star Trek and seventeen oh one is the most common user password? Really, I read that somewhere. Oh
0: my god, that's and hilarious. I believe everything
1: I read, read unless it's on the internet. <laughs> unless somebody went to the trouble to pay for ink and paper, it could be a lie. It could be a lie.
0: One of my passwords is a Star Trek password. Yeah, but it's not seventeen oh one. I'm kind of think, but I'm not going to say what it is. No, my <laughs>
1: passwords are related to the other cult I'm in. <laughs> This is my main cult, mm-hmm. but people know that, so I have to use my not so well known cult for passwords. Uh, that's my way of being cagey and, and having good security.
0: That's sly, isn't it? No one Very would ever sly. pick that up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're here at show 17. seventeen. We are happy and well fed. We
0: are. We just had a fabulous dinner.
1: We had a fabulous dinner. We had a little wine. Yeah. And so we're ready to talk about, about sex toys. Sex toys. Sex toy update. Sex toy update. Well, you go first because I have some stuff to say too. Okay. All right. I was in the Good Vibration store mm-hmm. in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The big re- one. Recently, the big one. Yes. And it well, no. There's like two of them now in San Francisco. This was the one. There's two. In um, what is it called? What's the street? Oh, right off of Van Ness. Um. Polk on. Gulch. Is oh, that there's right? one there, right.
0: There's, there, is Polk was, is right there, yeah. Yeah,
1: okay, there's one on there, and okay. that's the one I was in. So anyway, so I went to the store, and I found the Tickle pop zzz Eye of Sauron. Yeah? yeah, does it look like the Eye of Sauron? No, but it, I picked it up, and I went, okay, I'm holding it in my hand, and I don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> so I went up to... A sales person uh-huh. and I said I saw this in the catalog I have no idea what it is uh-huh. or what it does and she said okay I'll show you it is in the catalog it looks like flat but when you see it in your hand three-dimensional mm-hmm. it's a pops it's a, a, a like a Tootsie pop uh-huh. like a lollipop and that's why it's tickle pop uh-huh. Zzz, because it yeah. buzzes um, and you turn the top half of the head and it vibrates oh and big deal it's it's more like a novelty oh. i think and when i tried it it's very hard to turn on very hard to turn off oh so i was not impressed but why did you know about that so it all it is is a
0: vibrator that doesn't vibrate a lot
1: it does vibrate, vibrate but it's like it's not a particularly useful shape
0: okay okay got it so that's
1: why i say it's like a novelty okay okay so it's a, it's a vibrating lollipop okay and really does not resemble the Eye of Sauron. But I bet if you bought it, you could paint a little eye. And you could even put some bloodshotness on it, which would be cool. But the other thing, uh-huh. the big thing I have to tell you, they had them all lined up in a row. Uh-huh. The Rabbit Pearl, uh-huh. the Rabbit Habit, which is the one that's like the Rabbit Pearl but uh-huh. has the controls on the base, uh-huh. and the Doc Johnson Eye Rabbit. Ah. Uh-huh. So I checked them out. Yeah. I picked up the Rabbit Pearl and... The rabbit habit, the one that it mm-hmm. says the rabbit's at a different angle, mm-hmm. slightly different position. I held them up against each other, and I turned them around and everything. It's the exact same thing. They—there There is no difference except for the controls being on the base. That's weird. That is weird. So then, picked up Doc Johnson. Uh-huh. And there, the rabbit is at a different angle. Oh. And I was like hmm, this is intriguing, and even though it's really fucking expensive and the controls are on the base, do I, you know, Uh I really, I want to experience it, right? But, oh my God, the controls. (laughs) Did it have a stick shift? It needs one. (laughs) It needs a a joystick and an admiral (laughs) to explain to you how to play the the Star Trek Doc Johnson sex toy game because it has on this base about seven different Controls. Oh my god! Because there's one for the 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 shaft part that can go uh-huh. around, or there's two. Yeah, right. Because the head part moves too, right? Right. Well, there's two. You know, like an up and down button, like when you're changing channels. Uh-huh. So there's an up and down. There are two for the rabbity part. Uh-huh. There are two for another part that I'm not sure. Maybe that's the head part. Maybe that makes it squirt. <laughs> I don't know. And there's another button. Now use the bar- panic button. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know used in various combinations you can make it do auto reverse and all kinds of stuff but I'm going okay um the you know if it was on a remote where maybe in the middle of having my party uh-huh. I decide I want to go into reverse mm-hmm. where I could pick it up and look at it and go this is the button to hit yeah maybe so but it's on the base. Oh, that's ridiculous and there are a lot of controls that, that sounds bad to me. That sounds like bad design. Mm-hmm. Really bad design. But I am so worried because I think that's the, the, pardon my French, coming trend. Because all so many of the dildo type sex toys now have controls on the base. There aren't many with remotes anymore. That's really stupid. Yep. I protest. I protest too. I think that's bad. So I want to show you the sex toy I did get. Oh, you got one. Great. Cool. But it didn't come from Good vibes. Okay. I ordered it from Blowfish. Because oh. it's like a mini-sorted pearl type type oh, thing, cool. so, so I wanted to try it. So I'm seeing this for the first time. I yes. just want you all to know and that. and it's still in its plastic thing. Oh my. It's called Silicone Slims. Ooh. Self-Satisfier. So it's got like a little insertable part and uh-huh. a little thing with neat little nubbies oh, on it. Oh, that's kind of cool. To, you know, rub against your clit and it's got remote control. Oh. It's by California Exotic. And uh, the the description of this uh-huh. on the website and on the catalog says this is suitable for wearing when you're, you know, out shopping, <laughs> under your tight jeans, just wear your shirt untucked so you have uh-huh. the control in your pocket. And it reminded me of something I have told you about, that there was uh, this news article, a woman in England uh-huh. who had gone shopping with her, her sex toy, you know, in uh-huh. use. And apparently had such fun at the grocery store that she fell over and passed <gasps> out. And they had to call paramedics. And so, of course, then oh, they find this on her. How over.
0: embarrassing. Oh, my goodness. It says multi-speed with extreme power. Okay, See, well. extreme power. That's ha- good. I haven't
1: tested it yet, but that's my new toy. Wow. I like And I am going to replace my rabbit pearl at some point. But I just really would like to try that Doc Johnson. But I just know I could not master. Remote control. you got to yeah. have a remote yeah. control. But also, Blowfish sent me their catalog. Oh, cool. I want you to look at the cover (laughs) Uh and prepare to be shocked. Okay.
0: Lesbians! Wow! But they look like children lesbians.
1: Wow. That's what struck me, is they look about 14. They do. That's a little scary. Yeah. Wow. And what's that on the back? I don't even know It's what one that of is. The, the glass dildos, which oh. everybody is promoting, which I think has enormous potential, because those are the ones, you know, you can make I'm, them a little cool, in. a little hot. Yeah. Here's what the...
0: So, um I will read the catalog description of the Silicon Slims.
1: And I will hold it up and sort of so do the Carol you can look Merrill. at it. Yeah.
0: And I'll, I'll put in a link to this. People can see what it is. This little pink gizmo is amusing. Amusing. amusing witty amusing yes it's very like, no coward like i was gonna say just like blind spirit yes. <laughs> um who writes this <laughs> did you read this yes the small vibrating bullet on a short neck that extends the total insertable length of two and three-quarter inches fits inside your hoo-hoo
1: <laughs> i know and they call it a hoo-hoo oh, in God. many of their articles <clears throat>
0: All right. Then the raised, nubbly, three-quarter-inch-wide, one-inch-long clit bump presses up against—you guessed it—your clit. Hey. The flexible silicone silicone transmits the vibrations nicely from the bullet to the clit bump. This is not a wildly intense vibration, at least not on the clit bump, even with the power turned up all of the way, all of the way. (laughs) But our tester found it pleasing, especially amusing, like there's that word again, <clears throat> to wear in her panties under a pair of jeans with the controller tucked into her pocket, wires hidden away by an untucked shirt. Since it's a milder vibrator and the motor is inside, it's fairly quiet if you wanted to use it in a reasonably noisy environment like a restaurant. Well, if you were in New York, any restaurant <laughs> would do, pretty much, and she would be shouting to be heard. That's true. Um, I have a restaurant story to tell in a minute. Um, <laughs> Uh, or a party, although it was audible just around the quiet house. It also makes a nice adjunct to anal play, giving shallow vaginal and clitor- um, clitoral stimulation for the trifecta. I was getting to that word trifecta. I like that. Wow. Well, that sounds pretty cool. So
1: it's more like a. Yeah. a it, it, I haven't tried it yet, but I'm thinking. You know, it's it's more like a. A, a playful thing than mm-hmm. a, a super intense thing. But mm-hmm. I will let you know. That sounds great. Well, I look forward to the report on that. But I do think the, the cover on the catalog is kind of disturbing.
0: I, I think that's a little weird. I think mm. this woman's wearing a wig. It doesn't look like her real hair. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So that could be contributing to the the youthfulness of it. Maybe so. I was going to say, when I was in New York recently, I had um, dinner at a fine restaurant with a friend of mine, my mm-hmm. friend Donatella. And as we were having dinner, because it was a New York restaurant, we were shouting at each other the whole time. <laughs> yes. And I was telling her about this smutty story that I'd written, shouting at top volume. <laughs> And the people at the table next to us were extremely interested in what Why? I had to say. Yeah, they were hanging on every word. So Did they was... say anything to you? No, no, they were just no. looking. Did they ask where they can get the fabulously No, no, it story? was two gay guys. Oh. And I was telling her about a gay porn story. Oh, okay. So they,
1: they were interested. Okay, I have to tell you something. <laughs> Uh-oh. About a smutty story. Oh, yeah? I actually got an idea for a story, although I'm sure this will not be its final title. But I think its working <laughs> title is A God Named Bill. <laughs> And for those of you who weren't having lunch with us the other day, this is one of the topics that came up and made us laugh really hard. I love it. A god named Bill. So there will be a god, and he will be named Bill.
0: And he'll be like Bill. Well, you'll just have to wait. Yes, I hope so. Well,
1: my idea is kind of interesting, I think.
0: And next time I'm in a
1: New York restaurant, I'm going to (laughs) shout
0: it to the rooftops. So um, let me give you my little update, which is on the Lily. The, the Lily. The one oh, that good, I showed good. you last time, which is that I used it, and um, it's very different from other vibrators that I have and have used. So I think I need to get used to it because I wasn't quite sure how to to use it to its maximum effectiveness. Um, The vibration is not so intense. You have to turn it up pretty high to get the vibration. But I found that following some of the instructions that you had been reading last time about Mm -hmm. kind of moving it around and pressing it between your legs, that was very um, effective. Good. So it requires a little more work to make it work for you. But I I think once I get a little more used to it, I'll I'll find it'll be good. I'm just so thrilled that it's a rechargeable thing. You don't have to go fucking around for batteries and stuff. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's the other thing about batteries. Yeah. So many of the sex toys now that I saw in Good Vibrations, the batteries, Mm -hmm. are watch batteries. Oh, how annoying. I could never be bothered with that. Well, just telling you. I think that goes along with the power in the base or controls.
0: I I agree because it has to be really small. I think that's a bad idea. Yep. Because the batteries in the regular Rabbit Pearl are C batteries, which last forever pretty much. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what you want. Right. Aside from like... I don't want it pooping out in the middle. No way. I mean, aside from hooking it up to a generator, (laughs) which would be good. And we have had several emails from people asking what's up with the uh, part two of the Vibrant with with the Nitro. And I got to say, you know, haven't heard anything. What can I do? (sighs) You people
1: in the homework.
0: Get on the stick, people.
1: And with the words, get on the stick, we close our sex our segment. All
0: right. Um, what are we doing now? Are we going to watch Boston Legal? <laughs> yeah,
1: Boston Legal, piece of the action. Said, oh, few some, yeah, we we got got a few different things. We've got a list.
0: All right. Sounds good. We'll, we'll be back after this musical interlude.
2: Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before.
0: A commercial? No way, dude. This is just to remind you. Email look at, his butt at gmail.com Website lookathisbutt.blogspot.com We want to hear from you. Send us anything. Email, audio comments, pictures. You send it to us and we'll talk about it. This whole podcast recorded on an Apple Powerbook with GarageBand.
2: This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci Fi Podcast Network, TSFPN.com.
1: We're back. We're back. We're live from Studio B. (laughs) The Hallmark Hall of Shame. Really? (laughs) The Shawmark. Shawl of Shame. So we just watched Boston Legal? Yes. The second part of the Heather Locklear that That's trial. right.
0: And, you know, I was just thinking that um, even though Bill didn't have a big part in this episode, he was used extremely effectively. Yes, he was. In small doses, sort of concentrated.
1: Concentrated mm-hmm. Bill. And it was very good that way. And he was... Um in some ways, in the role of the chorus, commenting mm-hmm. on the action rather mm-hmm. than being um, a direct part of the action. That's right, and very effective. Very, very effective. Yeah. So I also wanted to mention that I was watching
0: to see if Heather Locklear blinked, and she did, but she was having a hard time doing it.
1: She like, she was sweating. From the effort
0: there was a lot of effort going on in making her upper lid
1: meet her lower lid and it wasn't happening that often well i thought it was interesting the conclusion we came to watching this when they were um saying well she's emotionless because she was in shock blah 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 why didn't they use the botox defense yeah yeah they should have because it was so obvious it was completely obvious she
0: she can't show emotion because her entire face has been botoxed
1: that's right that's right yes <laughs> seems like that would have been well yes Well, anyway, the the nice, really nice thing about this episode was there were two, Denny and Alan, out on the balcony balcony. scenes, and each of them had some wonderful stuff in it to recommend, but uh, what I really liked in in the first one, and I even made Lena write a note so we'd be sure to talk about this, is there's a scene where um, Alan sees Tara, his girlfriend whom he senses he's losing. Um, with another man and the other man, Rupert Everett has just made a joke and she's laughing and he goes out and he says to Denny, I just saw Tara laughing with another man. Mm -hmm. And Denny says, are you sure they weren't just kissing? (laughs) Which is pretty funny. And then they discuss the case. And then at the end of the scene, Denny says, um, what does he say? It's something about them laughing together.
0: Um. Does he, does he say, are you sure they were laughing again? Something like yeah. that.
1: And it, it took on a much more serious yeah. note. And I really liked that. And what I liked about that was for a character like Denny Crane, who is being constantly portrayed as he's just on the prowl, that he just mm-hmm. you know wants women for sex and everything, that he understood the significance mm-hmm. oh, of yeah. the shared laughter. And you know, speaking personally, it made me realize that in every serious romantic relationship I've ever had, mm-hmm. I can trace the moment I fell in love Oh really? to a point in the relationship when we were still just kind of dating or just kind of friends or whatever, where the man involved made me laugh very unexpectedly, did or said something, and that's when I fell in love. Mm-hmm. And that's why I stay in love. Is if I can still enjoy that, you know, with someone. Mm-hmm. So I like that they, that there was that significance mm-hmm. to it. It was it was nicely played. I think so.
0: I think it really was. And you're right. It was. You could see that he, the character of Danny, grasped that immediately. And the fact that he said, "Are you sure they weren't kissing or something?" Yes. was really nice because he understands that, that that in the big world that doesn't usually mean anything. Mm-hmm. That that laughing with someone is much more important than it just is. kissing someone. So that you're right. That was great. It was nicely done. Mm-hmm. And what Bill had like five lines in that whole scene, and they Maybe, were yeah. they were
1: really just perfectly done lines. Mm-hmm. It was great. And then the second um, Alan and Denny scene at the end, when they're sort of reflecting back on the case. Mm-hmm. I, again, you, you just you just saw more of uh, of Denny's take on things, mm-hmm. and even though he he was as far from what we saw, he was never an active lawyer in this case. He never no, questioned any there. witnesses or anything like that. He just that. insulted
0: the judge. <laughs> he just insulted the judge. That
1: was pretty much his role and to sit there and look at Heather Lockler's cleavage, such as it was. But um when he's saying I I, I like murder cases, mm-hmm. they're they're sexy. And Alan is still sort of traumatized by, by this case and and I was thinking, Denny's a much better lawyer mm-hmm. because First of all, he, he takes such joy in this, mm-hmm. but he, he doesn't get emotionally involved. Mm-hmm. And he knows how to play everything to his advantage. You know, mm-hmm. I have mad cow disease, Judge, and <laughs> I think you do too. You know, he knows how to use everything that's given mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he he was great. I I liked
0: what he said, though, very casually, and as he's reflecting over the outcome of it, and he says, I didn't get my sex. Yeah. <laughs> and Alan says, there's no justice. There is
1: none. There is none.
0: It was great. And then immediately following that, he when he says, you know, I, I like murder cases, they're sexy, let's get another one. Yeah. Right away, like, all eager. Wow, this is exciting. Yes, this that is why great. I became
1: a lawyer. This it was great. It. It, yep.
0: it was really well done. So I'm, I'm glad um, that they were able to use him and that they did not allow his character to go over into the really broad humor because they could have done that easily in yes. this one, and they didn't. So that yes. was great. That was really, really. It was really nice. Yeah. And then next week. Next week is Alan and Denny go ice fishing. I know. We can't wait. Oh, that should be very exciting. So, and we will have, uh, we're, we're working on the technologies to get uh, higher quality screen caps. So hopefully we'll we'll have that. So we're
1: not all that happy with my home movies, huh?
0: <laughs> you know, they have a certain. And the pictures. They have a certain charm. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you never know. You yep. We'll see what happens. Okay. So, yay, another week of Boston Legal. Um, moving right along to another new thing. Um, I, I was given a, a book as a gift, very generously, and it's called Trekkers True Stories by Fans for Fans. And it's edited by a woman named Nikki Stafford. Now, see, her other credit is um, author of Lucy Lawless and Renee O'Connor, Warrior Stars of Xena. So, oh. she's pretty deeply into fandom. I don't know who this press is, but um, it's an interesting book. She basically put out a call for fans to tell their stories of involvement in Trek fandom.
1: When was this published? A
0: couple years ago. Oh, okay, because I know there was recently, like within the past year, a call for something like that. She probably put it out because there's a call right at the end of this book that says, do you have a story that could have been in this book? It could be featured in a future volume. So apparently she's planning on putting out more Okay. All right. So it's a nice book. Um, It it has a lot of the stories that you would expect to find in here where people say, I didn't have any friends in high school, and then I started watching Star Trek, and it saved my life, and I go to cons all the time. You know, that's nice. I've heard those stories a lot of times before. The really interesting chapters involve people's interactions with some of the stars, including Shatner. There's a whole bunch of stories about Shatner. That are really good and some nice pictures of him um, doing his Shatner weekend. Mm-hmm. See, now you never told me about this. I Shatner told Weekes. you about this I, no because way. I don't we discussed this.
1: should we join the fan club so we can go to Shatner. Was weekend. Was I drunk when you told me that? I don't think Maybe so. Maybe it was
0: at Bascon because I have no memory of us discussing this <laughs> whatsoever. We, we
1: have discussed it, and they still do Shatner weekends. And if you want to go to one, we can join the fan club. But that's that's it. That's who gets invited to Shatner weekend is the, the members of the official fan club,
0: and it's mostly from. But this woman said it's mostly talking, sitting around and talking to other fans. Like, he's mm-hmm. there a little bit, but you don't have a whole lot of access there's to him. There's
1: usually, like, from the reports I've seen of it, there's usually, like, um, uh, uh, a meal, you know, where they're they're all at various tables in a mm-hmm. restaurant or someplace. And as part of it, he comes around and talks to everybody at mm-hmm. each of the tables. <laughs> kind of like a wedding. <laughs> kind of like a wedding, exactly. And he's the bride. And uh, doing his table work. And, but they it's almost always, or recent in recent years, the weekend of the Hollywood Charity Horse Show. Right, right. And so they get to go to that. And I think at the most recent one, they also got to go to the Boston Legal Set or the set of something he oh. was working on. Oh, that's cool. So there's a number of planned events.
0: And what do you have to do to join the fan club? You have to pay?
1: You have to send him some money. How much? I don't know. Hmm. We can go online and find out.
0: Okay, we'll have okay. to look that up. Um, I'm I I don't know that I want to do that, but... I'm not sure either. Yeah.
1: So, listeners, if you are members, tell
0: us, about <laughs> tell us what it's like. Um, so, it, it's an interesting book, and I, I read a lot of it. I didn't read every single thing that was in it. Um, there are people who tell their stories in here who are definitely the scary kind of fan. <laughs> you know? Uh, there,
1: and there aren't any of those in this room. <laughs> you
0: know? There are just people who take it a little bit too seriously. Remember when we watched Trekkies? And we yes. were just, you know, like that. Anyway, but... If it makes them happy, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm very happy that these people had some meaning put into their lives by Trek, because that's a good thing. But there was one really funny thing that I wanted to, to read in here. Um, you may or may not know that they have this thing in Las Vegas that's called the Star Trek Experience, and it's been there for a while, and they change out the main thing, the show, or whatever it is. I think they do it every couple of years. They They do something slightly different. It's supposed to be great, mm-hmm. and we will get to see it one day, I'm sure. We'll go and see it um so someone told this story and i just when we
1: go see spam a lot
0: yeah when we see spam a lot we'll we'll make a a week of it or something um so here's here's the little story this i just thought this was funny um so this man says my wife and i took a vacation to las vegas and visited star trek the experience at the las vegas hilton there was a shopping area that resembled the promenade from deep space nine and was filled with star trek themed stores including garrick's clothier and moogie's trading post the shops are filled with Star Trek memorabilia, ranging from an inexpensive T-shirt to items priced in the thousands. Need a place to get a, to get a fitted Klingon battle suit? It's yours for twelve thousand dollars. <sighs> the clerk assured me that two had already been sold. Can you believe it? Jeez. I was browsing a possible purchase of a tricorder replica when a very realistic Ferengi asked me if I was going to buy that. When I shook my head, the Ferengi exclaimed, "What good are you?" <laughs> and he left. <laughed. laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yes. So apparently part of the experience is that they have actors who are dressed like that who just are around who are acting the parts as you're doing this but I just thought, that, like if that happened to me I would fall on the floor laughing. Yes. Because that sounds like a real part of the Star Trek experience. Well the a thing Ferengi is. Having a Ferengi yell at you for not buying something.
1: I don't believe they have Ferengis abusing the customers but <laughs> at Creation Con the past few times I've been, one of the, the booths is the Star Trek experience and they are oh, really? selling stuff. Oh, we'll you have know, to from go that, there and that—that's where I got that little mugaru. Oh right, remember that I yeah, gave you yeah, yeah. little mugaru?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll have to see what they're doing at the Creation Con that yeah. happens next year if they're there. But I want to go to that. It sounds yes. like it sounds like it would be a fun thing to do, and it's in Las Vegas, so we can go and you know, like, gamble and get smashed and stuff. Oh
2: hooray! Yeah, I, I just
1: love that sort of thing. <laughs> um, on the subject, of people dress like Ferengi. Yeah. We had a comment on the blog. Somebody saying, um, when you go to a con, they called it butt con, which I love. (laughs) When you go to a con, um, you should find the people who are dressed as Kirk and take pictures of them, you know, showing their Kirk butt in sort of poses, and then we can all vote on who's got the best Kirk butt, which I thought was a fantastic idea. Uh Except, every con I've been to, I've never seen anybody dressed in any of the TOS costumes, there are Klingons, there are Romulans, they're more into the more elaborate mm-hmm. things, but if it's basically a question of, you just put on the uniform, mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody.
0: You know, I'm thinking about when we went to Creation Con, there was a guy dressed in a TNG, just standard Starfleet The guy uniform. with the poodles? Uh, did he have
1: poodles? Yeah, there's a, there's a guy who's at many of these times. No, no, no. And no he's I, dre- uh, wait, he's dressed as TNG, and he has two poodles with him, and the poodles... Our name Data and Tasha. Okay,
0: no, this wasn't the guy. This was the guy
1: who we were chatting with a little bit, and um, he
0: sort of followed us around after that for a while.
1: I guess I blanked that out. Yeah. I must have been thinking about telling
0: you about the Shatner weekend. I think so. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but I think you're right. I'm trying to remember now if we've ever seen anybody dressed in a uniform. I don't know. Did, did I ever tell you that I have a pattern for a Star Trek mm-hmm. uniform? We should make one of those uniforms sometime.
1: You know what I want to make and wear to a con. What? Is that, that blue sort of slinky thing that Marlena wears. Oh, that would be cool. That would look good on me.
0: Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. But you'd have to stand in a doorway and kind
1: of... I'll carry a doorway around with me. It'll <laughs> be part of the costume. It'll be like on wheels. And, uh, and I'll get some Minions... And Midnight. they'll just roll me around, and I'll just I'll just be in my mirror pose that would in be the doorway great. in my blue dress. That would be great. Wouldn't that be good?
0: <laughs> We'd have to get you a bouffant wig to go with it, though. Okay. I think you have to have the wig to go with that outfit. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. And you'd have to have, what does she have, mono or something when they were doing that scene? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I that would, would be, be the really healthy sick. Marlena.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would be Marlena from the healthy mirror universe.
0: Oh, that's so funny. Oh, Trek fandom. Um, let's see. Was that all the stuff we had to talk about this
1: time around? Um there was another comment on the blog that I wanted to talk about and it's totally totally. We've had wonderful
0: comments on the blog. Once again, thank you everybody who's been putting those comments up. Um we just love to get them and they're very funny and who knows, we might even take some of those suggestions seriously. I do
1: like the idea of (laughs) buttcon. But con. Well, you know, the KS Fanatics have their own con, and it's called Kiss Con, which is kind of blah. We could have butt con. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which, oh, I know what I wanted to say. Yes.
0: One of our faithful listeners sent us a link to um, a picture that was posted at boingboing.net. <laughs> now, boingboing Boing is the place where, you know, it's updated like every five seconds with new stuff, <laughs> and they have a, a lot of really good cultural things as well as a lot of tech stuff. And somebody <clears> had <throat> found um. A really, really, uh, what's the word for that picture? I was going to say mushy? No, it's it's the technical term is smarmy. Smarmy. Okay, it's a smarmy picture of Kirk and Spock in a bathtub together, floating in space, pretty much. Uh, yes, and, and, and
1: sort of cuddling. Sort of cuddling.
0: So it's a space bathtub. Yeah. Amongst the stars. They probably had a little anti-grav thing underneath mm-hmm. it and an oxygen bubble around it so they could go floating off. And I know it was peach bubble, but... <laughs> Thus exposing the world to one of the smarmiest pieces of KS yes. art ever. Yes. And it came from a site that we are very familiar
1: with. It has a lot of really smarmy KS stuff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and smarmy, when it applies to uh, to Slash, is where the writer or the artist or whoever in question has gotten so... Carried away with romanticism mm-hmm. and 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 what I call pussification, taking male characters, <laughs> making them very girly, that the fandom, pretty much as a whole, rises up and goes stop it, and that's called a smarm spike. A smarm spike, okay. And this is really at the top of the smarm spike.
0: Well, you know, the thing is, when I was looking at that picture on my screen, I kept wanting to um, get some cleaner on my screen because I thought like there was Vaseline all over my screen. <laughs> And I had to clean it off because it was, it was in such soft focus that I really thought there was something wrong with the screen. They're
1: in love. I mean, Aww. I know when I'm in love,
0: I'm in soft focus. <laughs> you have Vaseline smeared all over That's you. right. Or it's being filmed through chiffon vision. Yes, yes, yes. That was a little scary, uh-huh. and um, I don't think I'm going to put a link into that.
1: No, no. Well, you to put a know. link to Boing Boing Well, okay, P-
0: I'll put it into Boing Boing, but I won't put the link into the actual site. Nah, that it nah, just from. to Boing Boing. But so you, you all can see how smarmy that particular picture is. Yes. Yeah, that would be good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we're going to take another musical break yep. with the wonderful music from Impulse, which I am compelled to put in every single show because well, I love it so much.
1: Yes, and the other thing is... Um, I think at some point we need to to sort of slip in some of the music from White Comanche too.
0: Oh yeah, well that was in the show when we talked about it. Right, use it as an intro. But we can use it every now and then. Yeah, that that's weird. That music.
1: (laughs) I know. Very weird. To show 17.3, we're on the <laughs> third segment. And uh, we've just been playing around here. Now, Lena's eating a creamsicle, but I ate mine faster, so I get to start the show. It's really good. Anyway, I wanted to read um, an email. Somebody wrote to us at our our um, email address, which is lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Com. And this is from Howard Cronson. And hi, Howard. Hi, Howard. (laughs) He says on October 11th, I will be marking exactly 30 years as a Star Trek fan. How do I know this so exactly? It happens that I got hooked on Star Trek immediately after game one of the 1975 <laughs> World Series. That's amazing. I was watching the game at a friend's house. I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And the episode Who Mourns for Adonis came on immediately after the game. We watched it and I was immediately hooked. Lightning bolts shooting out of a guy's fingers are pretty cool when you are 11. <laughs> Howard, they are pretty cool mm-hmm. when you're more than 11. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, 30 years later, many of my best friends are people who I met through Trek fandom. I co-founded a fan club, the USS Krista McAuliffe, which will be celebrating its 20th anniversary next year. That is so cool. I can't even imagine what my life would be like now if I hadn't discovered Star Trek. No doubt no doubt, a lot more boring. <laughs> then he says, I would get a huge kick out of it if you would mention my Trek anniversary on your podcast. It would really mean a lot and would give me something, along with the big blog entry I'm planning, to celebrate the day. Well, Howard, congratulations on Et your voila. 30 years. <laughs> As a Trek fan, I think that is so wonderful. It's great. How come his story wasn't in that Trekker's book? It oh, really, should have been. I that was like,
0: That's a good story.
1: I think it's wonderful that you know you can trace exactly that moment when, when Trek entered your life, mm-hmm. because I'm rather vague, but Lena's still eating her cream sickle, <laughs> so I will it. tell it my makes story. my
0: teeth hurt if I eat it too Yeah,
1: bad. wuss. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. I believe the first time I ever watched a Star Trek episode, this is how you guys are going to know how lame I was. You know how when you're a teenager and your parents go out of town, you you throw wild parties uh-huh. or you have hookers in, <laughs> and the police end up being called up, uh-huh. and you burn the house down uh-huh. and drink all the liquor? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, my my parents went out of town, leaving me in charge on the agreement that I would have a friend come stay with me. So I had a friend of mine uh-huh. come over, And she wanted to watch this show that I had never seen. Uh And so we watched an episode of it, and I remember thinking, oh, that's cool, and that lead guy is really hot, and that was it. I don't remember what episode it was. And I had no wild parties. The police did not have to be called because of two teenage girls watching Star Trek. (laughs) I never saw it again. It must have been on up against something that had our attention elsewhere. I don't know what it was. But I will tell you... That, um, shortly after that, I went off to college, mm-hmm. and this is when it went into syndication, mm-hmm. and where I was, it was on every night at five p m mm-hmm. so classes were over, and my roommate and I would be goofing around or doing homework or something, and getting ready to go to the dining hall and Star Trek came on, and we watched it every night, mm-hmm. but the dining hall closed at six, so we never saw the last <laughs> minutes because we had to run to the dining hall to get our food. Uh-huh. But what I really remember is every time Kirk kissed a girl, my roommate would go, It's the Kirk special. And that's what we call those kisses <laughs> for the Captain Kirk special. So that's my my sort of vague weird memory. And now Lena has finished her delicious well, orange cream. But wait, wait,
0: wait, I want to ask you something.
1: So what was it that got you back into Trek Fandom like when, when I met oh, you? Oh wow. Okay, now we're going back to like nineteen 1990- ninety.
0: 98, 90,
1: 98, 97. Okay. Um I have often pondered there have got to be reasons why there were things going on in my life that um that brought me back into Planetary track. Planetary convergence? Yes. Something. That would explain it. <laughs> Invisible planets or the fourth dimension. Invisible planets, yes. <laughs> but um I I was sort of sitting around, you know, I was still kind of in Trek. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had the movies on tape, Mm -hmm. and I had some Trek books, but I wasn't into fan fiction, Mm -hmm. which is what really got me back into Trek, seriously. And I was sitting around feeling like bummed, you know, there's never going to be any more TOS movies, and, oh, isn't that rotten? And I've heard there are these stories, and, okay, I'll go looking for them. And I went on the net, and I looked for them, and I was really lucky that, two of the very first stories I found Mm -hmm. were good stories by writers who have since become Mm -hmm. friends of mine. Mm -hmm. And one was Killa's Surrender, Surrender. (laughs) which uh, we talked about earlier. And the other is T. Jonesy's 20 Questions, (laughs) which is such a funny, funny, silly, Mm -hmm. silly, KSE sort of story. Mm -hmm. And and I just, I was hooked. And I think I, I read stories for... Maybe a week mm-hmm. before I went, I can write these. <laughs> I can write something like this. I want to see if I can write something like this. And so I did. Wow.
0: That's so cool. Yeah.
1: So now what's your story?
0: Well, um, I grew up in a family of geeks, basically. My dad was a huge science fiction fan. Oh, and how cool. Pretty much all he read. I, I have a lot of his books. And um, watching Star Trek was a family thing. We would all sit down and, Isn't that weird? I mean, that is how many families so did that? Neat. So we would all sit down together. Does your and mom remember together? this? I think so. Oh, I haven't yeah. really talked about it. My, my two older brothers, I mean, we've definitely talked about it and I remember seeing in fact, I remember very clearly seeing the trailers for Piece of the Action. For some reason, that particular episode wow. sticks in my mind. So we all sat down and watched it together, among other things. I mean, we were the kind of family that would sit down and watch things like the producers together. Mm-hmm. So we were
1: weird. We were a weird family. Well, we watched things together, but it wasn't Star Trek or yeah. the producers, I don't think. Yeah,
0: I remember my, it was a big treat, my parents letting us stay up to watch things like a funny thing happen on the way to the farm. Uh-huh. Um And then um, it was on in syndication... At six o'clock, yours was on at five, and ours was on at six. When I was a little bit older, and then when I really started watching it again was when it was on in syndication. This was on the East Coast um, every night. This was when I was in I guess high school. There was like um, the Honeymooners mm-hmm. at eleven. Odd Couple at 11.30 and Star Trek at Midnight, every night of the Uh week. So that was like, okay, that's what I'm watching every night. And I think I I was watching still. My older brother was still at home then, so we used to watch that. And that was like every night of the week. So you just got to watch the episodes over and over and over again. I think that was when
1: they like imprinted themselves on my brain. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened to most people. Yeah is when, I, when they were on every night at the same time yeah. we just saw them all and we saw great. everyone what a great lineup yeah. though
0: i just I, I still have that combination in my head i think it, yeah it was honeymooners right before star trek <laughs> which is great i got to see those 39 episodes over and over and over again
1: so what got you into fanfic and were you were you trekish all along all those years before i knew well, you or did you go into a latency period as i did um actually i was pretty much trekish
0: all through that um I got really trekkish when the movies came out. In mm-hmm. fact, um I met one of my my longest standing friends, my pen pal. She's my pen pal even though we've been friends for a really long time now through one of the Star Trek um fanzines that came out at that time, you could advertise in the back for pen pal, oh, how cool, and we picked each other out and then it turned out we had absolutely everything in common, and you know we're still friends, even though we've only met each other. I think we've gotten together like four times uh-huh. in you know whatever thirty years or something. It's been a long time wow, um and I went to see the movies and um i I was pretty enthusiastic about tng, although I didn't see a lot of it in first run, I started seeing it. When they were showing the new ones, but then the old ones, the old ones, I put that in quotes, were also in syndication at the same time. So you could basically watch, like, um, twice a day, you could see the older ones, and the new one was on once a week. So I caught up really quickly on everything, Mm -hmm. and that was when was, um, when I moved out here, and I was in grad school. And I spent a lot of time doing that, because I was in college, and you know, I was, I didn't have to be at at school all the time. I had weird hours. Yeah. So I caught up on a lot of it. And then I'm trying to remember exactly how the fan fiction started. I remember the job that I had when I was doing it. And I think it was because, Oh, I remember I was um, at that time, the work that I was doing for, grad school was a lot about, um, how women functioned in online environments and how they communicated with each other. And one of the people that I got to be friendly with, who's also working on it was really big into slash, which I didn't really know about at Mm -hmm. that time. And she started telling me about this and I was like, uh, where can I find this? And then she told me and she told me about the, um, the um, Alt-Sexy Captains um, Usenet News Group, which was the predecessor <laughs> to Alt-Star Trek Erotica. And I started looking at the stuff, and Surrender was one of the first stories oh, that I wow. read. Oh, wow. And um, the other one that I really remember was, was it called, um, oh, I always forget the title of it. It was the Tom Paris one. With the mirror?
1: The ghost in the The machine. The ghost in the machine,
0: yes, which is also a wonderful, wonderful story. And then um someone else who was also in this group of of women who were writing about online communication said, I've got all this slash that I don't want anymore. Do you want it? And I went to her apartment and she gave me literally two huge shopping bags filled with slash fanzines. (laughs) I was like Wow, thank you. Do you know what's in that
1: big box over there? <laughs> is that
0: your slash?
1: No, I don't even know what it is. Um years ago, when I was first in fandom, another fan said I'm getting rid of all this. Do you want it? Yeah. And it's not all slash, but I've I've never had a chance to go through it. Oh, that's I don't so even funny. know what's in it.
0: Well, when I was moving stuff around in my house, I actually sold most of those zines because I I just had read them and I didn't mm-hmm. need them anymore. I kept the good ones like Taking yeah. Command. Yeah. But um yeah, that was my introduction and I felt like you as soon as I had gotten through like my first 10 stories, I was like I could do this. Yeah, and that was
1: it. You know how I heard fir- first heard about Slash? How the New York Times? Really? Years ago. This is when I was living in New York. So this was pre, you know, me being online and writing fan mm-hmm. fiction of my own. There was an article in the New York Times book review about wow. Fanzine. Interesting. And it was, and it was talking about how so many of them the stories were about the characters mm-hmm. having sex. Mm-hmm. And it did mention K.S. slash. Mm-hmm. But the other thing it mentioned, this is what I remember, because I've never found a story like this, but it was saying that at least at that time, there was a substantial amount of um, sarah Amanda stories, mm-hmm. Spock's parents, mm-hmm. and that someone had written a story in which Amanda takes command sexually of their relationship, mm-hmm. and she has a brass bed. And she she tells Sarek you have to hang on to this this post or whatever you mm-hmm. call them spindle whatever, and you cannot let go mm-hmm. until I tell you, and so he does and they have very hot sex and everything, and at the end of it. His hand is imprinted Ah. into it. But it said, this has become a potent symbol in the Sarah Amanda stories. And I've never, the the whole idea of of Amanda's brass bed was Uh the potent symbol. I've never read a story that had that.
0: Oh, that's so interesting. But that's
1: how I first heard about it. And that's how many years later when I wanted some more Star Trek, I knew, well, there is this these stories and you know maybe I can yeah. find them online um, and I can't remember exactly how I found them or where um, I went first what sort of archive I was in
0: that's interesting have you asked oh I can't remember his name I'm so stupid the the guy who writes the wonderful Sarah Amanda stories that get posted on the, the Selleck group. yeah Selleck you should ask him about that story. I should I should ask him if he is familiar with it his stories are good I like yes. his stories yes. they're really fun yes um that's that's really interesting I've never read that story I know nothing about it. And maybe it
1: was never posted online, because these mm. were in the... This article was written in the fanzine heyday. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
1: and it was all... um, It was all print. Yeah. What I find
0: interesting now, um, there have been a number of uh, articles recently. Nebuchonin wrote one, and um, Jane Ganahl wrote another one in the Chronicle, just talking about how there's all this interest now in, in fiction and in seeing, you know, women, straight women wanting to see gay sex. But, I, you know... In all of these articles, not in Nevichonins but in Jink and Elle's, they're treating it like this is something new, which mm-hmm. kind of is like, okay, like, do your research, you know? This stuff has been around right. for freaking ever, especially in in Trek fandom, mm-hmm. you know, the earliest slash scenes go back to the mid-70s, I yep. think. So,
1: not anything new, folks. Get over that. Right, but it's becoming more mainstream. Yeah. People are are more aware of yeah. it.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good thing. So, that brings us to another topic that we were going to talk about. Oh, Yes. So, most of the people that I've encountered who are into um, Trek sex, fandom, fandom sex, and Slash, are women of a certain age, I would say. Um,
1: and, or just women.
0: Or oh, women. But, <laughs> but, I mean... I, I'm in thinking about the cons that we've gone to and the people that we've gotten to know online. It's pretty much like the the, the over 30 crowd, I would say. I don't think that's don't think true so? anymore. because oh, Not anymore. Okay, so like 10 years ago?
1: Uh, 10 years ago, I'm sure it was true. But yeah. now there are a lot of people into Slash who I think are are in their 20s. And I know a number of people who were posting on Ask Him and stuff back when mm. I used to hang out there who were talking about they were still in college mm. You know, it's and they true. were writing and reading the stories.
0: Well, I think it's certainly true in other fandoms, like a lot of the Lord of the Rings um, slashy fanfic is clearly written by mm-hmm. people who are barely literate, like in junior high school, <laughs> I think. Which brings us to an ethical question that we've sort of thought about and talked about, and that's the case
1: of the underage slasher. Right. I recently um, got an entry in my guest book. It was very nice, you know, saying, I love your stories and blah, blah, blah. And in it, the person mentioned that she was... Underage, and I got the impression that she was maybe thirteen, fourteen, mm-hmm. but she's still living at home with her parents. And please, please write back to her. None of the other writers she's she's written to have written back <laughs> gee, to I her. Wonder why. <laughs> and I thought, gee, probably for the same reason. I will not write back to her. And I I felt bad, but um, several years ago, I had another person write to me Mm -hmm. saying, I love your stories. And, you know, she talked about them, and I wrote back, and we started sort of corresponding. And maybe it was like her fourth or fifth email to me where she revealed to me that she was like 14 years old. Mm. And I wrote back, and I said, I cannot write to you anymore because I could conceivably get in a lot of legal trouble for even discussing sex mm-hmm. not even slash or anything but just discussing sex with a, a a person of your age and she was very upset she wrote me a very heartrending email you know please don't cut me off like mm-hmm. this there's no one else i can talk to about it and i just had to mm-hmm. and for the same reason i did not respond to this person who uh wrote in my guest book and i i took the entry out because i don't want there to be any implication there mm-hmm. that that I'm recommending this to to people who are under 18 mm-hmm. and I I I don't know I have um I have very mixed feelings about it. I mean, I know when I was a teenager, the few things I could find that were about sex that I could read and everything I always enjoyed and I think it's it's a healthy interest. You
0: know, it's exploration.
1: Yes, and and so i think in some ways well i should have the courage of my conviction and mm-hmm. you know write to these people and and you know just treat them like they were anybody else who was interested in this but in another way there are the legal aspects and in another way uh, there is that because i am a mature person i am uncomfortable mm-hmm. to some extent discussing very explicit sexual issues with someone that young mm-hmm. i think so i it's part of
0: it too i think is that at that age, some of it is just stuff you need to find out on your own. hmm It's, I don't know, people can have too much influence over you then, and you kind of need to make your own way. I'm glad that there's more stuff available, so that if you can get online, you can at least look around, and, and find different things, and figure out what you like, and what you don't like, mm-hmm. instead of having nothing to guide you, and just seeing, well, there are different points of view, and different people like different things. So,
1: Well, there's also, um, This is an urban legend, may not have happened, but it's one I heard, and I bet you have heard it at some point, too, about somebody, you know, some fanfic writer was contacted by somebody who had read her stuff, and this person, I don't even know if she was underage or not, but she was, at the time she started reading this, sexually inexperienced. Mm -hmm. And reading the fanfic had raised her expectations very high, and I guess within the fandom at that time, it became quite an issue, and people... This is before I was involved, but I've heard they're putting disclaimers on their story about this is fiction, you know, do not base your reality on this, don't expect sex to be like this. I thought was I don't know, kind of weird. That's
0: strange. Well, I mean, it's true though. You know, the the sex in Fan fiction, like sex in fiction.
1: Yeah, so like sex in the movies. movies.
0: It's completely idealized. Right. It's it's not meant to be real, and that's always something that comes up in fan fiction. You know, should they be wearing condoms? And where's the lube? And you know, do all these things happen? And it, it's
1: very sticky, so to speak. <laughs> well, here's the other thing we were talking about: the Kirk Spock in the bathtub picture on Boing Boing. The floating bathtub. Did you happen to notice where that came from? Yeah the KS All Ages Archive. Oh, that, yeah, we were going to talk about that. Which is, in a way, it's, it, it it weirds me out. In a way, I think, well, it makes perfect sense, which is it's an archive of KS stories that are suitable for all ages to read because mm-hmm. there's no explicit sex yeah. in them. And I'm going, well, a lot of people would say, if it's KS, <laughs> it's not suitable for all ages. And there are a lot of KSers who go, if there's no sex, What's the point? It's not a chaos story. Uh And I've been involved in those debates, that if there's no sex, it's really not a chaos story. And I'm thinking, that's really kind of limiting because I can write stories about a heterosexual couple Mm -hmm. that actually has no sex in it, but it's still a story about this couple who happens to be heterosexual Mm -hmm. in love or whatever. So shouldn't chaos have that same latitude? But obviously, on a number of different counts, people... Get bent out of shape over well, that? Well, it's so weird. Well, first of all, two guys in a bathtub—I don't consider
0: that all ages. <laughs>
1: <laughs> really? <So clean. laughs> yeah, they're <and> clean.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's good. I like that. But you know, so I agree with you. But what bothers me even more is um, people who write slashy stories that have everything but the sex and say it's—they're just friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like. No, they're not just friends. If you're going to write it as a romantic story, they're not just friends. Right. Even if there's no sex. Even if there's no sex. And people have done that with other couples too, but KS is, of course, the the canonical couple. But, you know,
1: that just makes me very annoyed that they're trying to say it's not Well, from what I understand of the KS All All Ages Archive... They they are saying it it it's KS. The implication, I guess, is that they're having sex yeah. in other stories but, that aren't in this archive. Well, that's vibe. fine. But there are other people, and we know right. who they are, who will yes. say
0: that you can write a whole story with no sex and lots of gazing longingly. But no, no, no. They're just friends, mm-hmm. honestly. They're not in love with each other. Right. Really.
1: Really. Because they wouldn't
0: do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God. I don't know. I think there's There are more differences between friendship and romance than just sex mm-hmm. there are there are other things that go yeah, into romance I think so yes
0: <laughs> oh so to just to follow up on that, can I read this wonderful quote from the trek b b s that you sent to me? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> sure. actually posted this, and it's relevant somehow. I think it's like a well, meta comment on no, everything. like I was
1: saying in a in a show several shows ago at the trek b b s it's mm-hmm. broken into categories. Mm-hmm. And so things that are not related to Star Trek at all can all go in this one category. Mm-hmm. But when you go to the Trek BBS page, it posts a list of, like, what are the most active topics mm-hmm. of the moment. Oh, was
0: this one of them? And it, so, yeah,
1: this this popped up, and I, I was going, okay, I have to see this, because I, the topic was something like, why can't I find a woman who <laughs> who really likes sex? And one of the responses was absolutely
0: classic. It says, I've never met a girl who loves sex as much as me. They're myths, like elves and pod people.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: I don't know. I think women who like sex are a little more common than elves. I think so. Or pod people. Or pod people. Definitely.
0: I don't think elves like sex all
1: that much. Well, it depends. I'm sure in the Lord of the Rings fandom, they're they're wild for it, <laughs> <laughs> and the ones that we've read sometimes, <laughs> but
0: not in, not in canon, though not in canon. No, they're no.
1: about that.
0: Oh, well, I think we've pretty much exhausted that topic. I um, think so. It's time for this show to be over, so we're going to play some music <clears throat> that was very kindly sent to us um, by a, a guy named Rick Seberg, who wrote a very funny song called Vulcan Walk, and it's a, a happy, peppy, bouncy song. So we're going to play some of it at the end, and I'm going to put the link in, so you can go listen to the whole thing if you want to. Cool. All
2: right. Let's do the walk. Walk. The Vulcan Walk. Come and do the walk, walk, walk. Come and do the falcon walk. Let's do the walk, walk. The falcon walk. Let's do the walk, walk. The falcon walk, walk, walk. Dance to the walk. Vulcan walk, walk, walk. Dance to the walk. The Vulcan walk, walk, walk. Paris can walk. They walk the Vulcan walk. New York do the walk. The Vulcan walk. Walk, 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 The Vulcan Walk Cottage Grove, do the walk Cottage Grove, do the walk Walk, walk The Vulcan Walk